calling all aspiring investment professionals. Get a leg up on the competition. Final registration for the August CFA exam ends on May 14th. Register now to secure your spot. The CFA designation is of gold standard in the investment world, opening doors to high-powered careers and impressive salaries. Head over to cfainstitute.org to register. Don't wait. Take control of your finance career today. Hello and welcome to this edition of CFA Institute's Take 15. I'm Steve Horan, Head of Professional Education Content at CFA Institute, and I'm joined here today in Boston at our 2010 annual conference by Philip Marcovici. Philip is the CEO and President of Law and Context, a subsidiary of Baker McKenzie that provides information on tax, legal, and compliance information for international wealth managers. Philip, thank you for joining us. Pleasure. Philip, you have been very consistent over the years in advocating um, for openness, disclosure, and um, warning people that we are moving toward an era of transparency in private banking and that the focus on secrecy has actually uh, led to uh, wealth, wealth managers overlooking the real needs of investors and wealth owners. Um, what do you mean by those real needs? Well, families have many, many real needs that they need to address, and not all of those needs relate to taxation. Many, many of those needs are completely unrelated to tax. There are some needs that all families face, and these needs include transitioning wealth to the younger generation, dealing with business succession, many, many other issues. There are also other needs that are driven by the countries to which the families are connected, either by residence, citizenship, or investment. And those needs can relate to political risk, they can relate to uh, legal requirements on succession, forced airship rules, and many others. So wealth planning holistically requires looking at all of these various needs and then using the tools of wealth planning to help families address their needs. So bank secrecy is under attack. Uh, what is the most important driver of that attack right now? Well, I think I'd like to back up a little bit on that question by saying bank secrecy, at least in my view, is actually a very important part of what it is families need and is fundamental in many cases to the human right to privacy that families have. What is under attack very properly in my view is the misuse of bank secrecy to facilitate illegal tax evasion. And mixing bank secrecy with evasion is where the perception comes bank secrecy is under attack. It really is the misuse of bank secrecy that's under attack. If, uh, if the attack is really on uh, tax evasion, what is the probability in your mind that that could actually spill over into an attack on those legitimate uses for secrecy? It's, it, this, it's a very good question you're raising, Stephen, because the spillover is already happening, and in, in part the spillover is happening because of the failure of some of the financial centers that have bank secrecy to lead the way forward in a changing world. And as a result, they're provoking attacks in general on bank secrecy that inevitably then have a huge impact, again, on the right to privacy that families have. I'm a great advocate of the idea that countries that offer bank secrecy, and there are many in the world, have a responsibility to now clarify what they really mean by bank secrecy what it extends to, 
and importantly, how it will be monitored so that it cannot be misused in ways that break laws. You, you mentioned in your presentation today that um, the EU has a directive that actually obligates wealth managers to report suspicious tax activity. Um, could you unpack that a little bit? It's not just an EU issue, but the EU is an example of it. It really relates to money laundering rules. Uh, money laundering rules came to the forefront when uh, people were looking to find the money of drug dealers and governments worked together to develop anti-money laundering rules with that orientation. Money, Anti-money laundering rules then expanded to cover terrorism. Today what we're seeing around the world is a move towards what's called all crimes money laundering. In other words, any crime, including a tax crime, can give rise to a potential money laundering offense. In Europe, we have now what's called the third EU money laundering directive that basically has introduced all crimes money laundering into virtually all countries in Europe. There are exceptions, Luxembourg, Liechtenstein, Switzerland, a few others, but for the most part they have this, but it's not uniquely European. Hong Kong, for example, has all crimes money laundering legislation. The US, by virtue of a decision of the Supreme Court in a case called Pasquantino, has elements of all crimes money laundering as well. This has impact not just for the financial planner, but it has a very important impact for the wealth owner. The wealth owner needs to understand how these rules operate and the importance of playing by the rules of their country if they want to make sure that the wealth that they're going to be leaving to their children is wealth their children can be proud of and can properly use. Is this leading a change into where the major banking centers are in the world? We're seeing a rise in banking centers in Hong Kong and Singapore. Are they going to displace the traditional Swiss and Liechtenstein? It's, it's, a, it's, it's a complicated question in many ways. I mean, uh, you mentioned Hong Kong and Singapore, so, so I'll focus a little bit on them. Um, certainly Hong Kong would not be a place for anyone to be putting undeclared money because Hong Kong is an all-crimes money laundering location. So. Uh, your banker would be obligated to turn in a client with undeclared money in Hong Kong. Singapore doesn't have such rules, but it would be a massive mistake for Singapore to allow itself to become a financial center that is a haven for tax criminals. And the Singapore government is actually very strategic, and I've spoken with the Monetary Authority of Singapore and with others. It's very clear they have a, a, no desire to be the long-term haven for undeclared money of the world. Uh, my own view is the reality is we need to align ourselves in wealth management with what the real needs of our clients are. And one of the real needs of our clients is to navigate a more and more complex world in a way that meets the laws of their countries, not only of residence and citizenship, but of investment. A, a, a lot of countries are uh, seemingly coming forward with tax regularization policies um, to sort of help people come clean. Um, are there very common elements of those policies in different countries or do they just vary very much from one place to the next? They do vary but there are also common elements. Um, basically linked in with a move towards transparency is the desire of a number of countries to provide a rather sympathetic approach to bringing wealth owners back into the tax system. And something a good wealth planner needs to do is to stay abreast of these developments, help their clients understand these opportunities to come clean and to regularize the past. A very common element of many of them is that 
there is a much more sympathetic or low-cost approach to regularization that may arise for someone who's more or less innocent of wrongdoing, as would be the case with someone in the younger generation who has inherited undeclared money. That's a common theme. Another common theme is absolutely by coming forward to the tax authorities and saying, I have a problem regarding past tax issues I'd like to now clarify. The way you're treated by tax authorities is totally different from how you would be treated if you get caught with undeclared money. And the big difference is going to jail or not going to jail in many cases, and also how much it's going to cost you to come clean, a dramatic difference may arise. And it seems uh, a lot of uh, taxpayers are taking advantage of these amnesty and other tax regularization programs. More and more, and certainly in my view, these are sometimes last chance opportunities, sometimes there are, they aren't, but absolutely this is the right way for families to deal with their issues. Once they've done what they need to do to come clean, they then need to make the fundamental choice. Do I want to play by the rules of the country I live in or do I want to leave the country I live in? But the choice of staying there and somehow taking advantage of secrecy to have their money untaxed overseas is simply in no one's interest. I also have a philosophy more and more that this is part of an evolution of our society towards a time of greater ethics, a younger generation that is more uh, aware of the need to be responsible in their ownership of wealth. And again, if we're in the industry of helping families and managing their wealth, we need to understand the needs of the younger generation, the way the world is changing, and what's in the best interest of our clients. Yeah, that commitment to ethics, that commitment to building a competency, I think are two critical elements to uh, reestablishing trust in the wealth management industry. Absolutely, and it's also the opportunity. Absolutely. Philip, thank you for joining us. My pleasure. And thank you for joining us. To browse our catalog of other multimedia products, visit us on the web at cfawebcasts.org. Copyright 2010, CFA Institute. No part may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, electronic, mechanical, recording, or otherwise, without the express prior written permission of CFA Institute. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regard to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.